When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast. You're more in pitching podcast from PitchLess.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today's April 8th. And yes, we are going to talk about baseball. Looking at yesterday's games, uh, I led with Edward Cabrera. 2.2 innings, 2 and runs, 0 hits, 7 walks, <laughs> 4 Ks against the Mets. It's one of those cases where this is someone who you have high hopes for in the beginning of the year. And you think, look, I know this guy's a talent. Over time, he should be really good. He's going to have those great starts. But right now, he's just not polished. And I feel like... You should be just getting value now where you can instead of holding on to this one. There will be other things to chase instead. You will not lose your league because you dropped Edward Cabrera. Very, I mean, sure, fine. There is a world where all of a sudden he figures it out next start and he's the greatest thing ever. But really not not something that you should be doing at this point, I don't think. It's possible. It's just... He's not getting enough stuff inside the zone. It's really, really rough. 50% strike rate on the four-seamer, only 54% on the changeup. Those things should be above 60%. That's what we need to see from Ibor Cabrera to be excited about him. Marcus Stroman did well against the Rangers. Good to see that. You just keep starting him. Tyler McGill did well against the Marlins, but not Tyler McGill. And now he gets the Padres and the Dodgers, and I don't really feel like you need to hold on to Tyler McGill, unfortunately. Brandon Woodruff faces going to ace. Sonny Gray had an amazing start. 16 whiffs. 37% CSW is insane. The slider came alive with the sound of music. 45% CSW. 8 over 22 whiffs and a 47% O swing on that. 13 strikeouts is crazy against the Astros for Sonny Gray. My gosh. I believe that's a career high as well. Uh, I hope he has a curve and slider moving forward. You're obviously starting him moving forward. We just got to cross our fingers that this is legit. Uh, Patrick Sandoval went against the Jays, survived. Six innings, one and run, six hits, one walk. We, we will take that. Two strikeouts, though? That's all right. Uh, he gets the Nationals next, so we're just going to keep going there. Uh, as far as this stuff was, this is fine. The changeup wasn't getting as many whiffs, so it was getting more balls in play. So it goes. Brad Keller is the best Keller. Sorry, Mitch. 5.2 innings, one earned run, three hits, three walks, and three strikeouts against the Giants. Got the win. I mean, I'm obviously being facetious here. I think Mitch Keller is ultimately the better player to have. But it's nice to see Brad Keller be Rad Keller as he took down the Giants in this deep stream. He's going to get the Rangers next for two, so you're not doing that. Jose Arquiti, I had my concerns about because he really wasn't putting it all together um, with his kitchen sink approach. 5.1 innings, one and run, seven hits, and one walk, two, six Ks here. At 15 whiffs, nine of them came on the four-seamer, even though it was down to 92 miles per hour. But he incorporated sliders, changeups, and curveballs effectively, and he gets the Pirates next time for uh, pitching for the Astros. I mean, it's just a good situation. So, all right, I'm back in a bit on Jose Arquiti. Uh, I was worried. It was a, a kind of rough, rough spring, and the first start was not very good. And even this one wasn't so exceptional with that lower velocity. But yeah, uh, he got singled out a bit. Eight base runners and 5.1 innings. But Orkiti, okay, you get the Pirates. We're going to be good for that. Alex Cobb, seven innings, two and runs, seven hits, zero walks, six Ks against the Royals. Did exactly what he was supposed to do. The thing that is a splitter returned for 10 out of 44 whiffs. Love to see it. Only 10% slider usage, which is a little weird. He matched his curveball, which was also 10% usage. But between the two of them, it was 13 called strikes, uh, 10 thrown each, so 30, 55% called strikes. And that's great. 
that's really why I got excited about Alex Cobb because I wanted another pitch in here with his sinker to get strikes so that it would set up the splitter. And the splitter came through here and everything was good. So that that's it. Now he gets the Dodgers next, which isn't fun, but I think we're at a point where we just kind of hold on to Cobb and we let it ride. Uh, Mackenzie Gore, oh boy. This is a sneaky one here. Uh, in cores, got the win. Six innings, two earned runs, five hits, two walks, six Ks. 13 whiffs for Mackenzie Gore, 31% CSW. 10 out of 32 whiffs on his curveball. That is amazing. Now, his slider looked really bad. His fastball is forcing where it was in the zone, but it wasn't like overwhelming in the zone, right? And I might be in on Gore because of that curveball. I don't know. I think it's a decent start. Next time, it might be the moment to jump in on Mackenzie Gore. Mm, I'm going back and forth on it. But it does it does feel like that with that curveball being so, so good. Chris Bassett, well, look, nine runs the first start, just two in this one against the Angels. Six innings, two hits, five walks, five Ks. Wait, five walks? That's kind of weird. I don't really think that's going to be a thing for Bassett. But overall, even with the five walks, it's still a one one five whip, essentially. And you got the win. And everything is okay, and we can just treat Chris Bassett like we wanted to when he signed with the Jays in the first place. Nathan Nivaldi, looking good too. Went against the Cubs, 5.2 innings, 2 in runs, 5 hits, 1 walk, 6 Ks. And yeah, I mean, everything's alright. Four-seamer had a 47% CSW. Seems like a top 50 pitcher, like right inside of that. Um, moving forward for Eovaldi, gets Royals twice. Like, we should be fine with this. Uh, Zach Wheeler, 5.1 innings, 200 runs, 5 hits, 3 walks, 5 Ks. I watched a good amount of it. He seemed like Zach Wheeler. There's some times where he, it kind of got out of hand, and I bet he would be frustrated with himself as he would miss a pitch. And, you know, there's those little things that I think are uh, slowing down Wheeler, but at some point, like, it's just going to click back in, and he's going to dominate here. Um, so we're all good with Zach Wheeler. Now, Jack Flaherty, well, might be kind of interesting, and I want to talk about him, and especially Hunter Green, after this break. Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization, so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So, stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Jack Flaherty went five innings, two and runs for its six walks, three Ks. That's 13 walks in two games for Jack Flaherty, which is insane. His fastball now is at 93.8, though. And it was at 92 before. We were terrified of that. We wanted to see 94. We pretty much got that. Mm, makes me kind of interested here because I think Flaherty is now going after it with his shoulder, right? The shoulder has always been the the problem. And 
he's saying, look, I don't care. I'm not holding back now right? with this velocity. I mean, it's pretty much what that's telling me. The slider isn't as good. The curveball isn't as good. Fine. And, you know, he's not getting those chases as much as we want. And there's still obviously polish to be had here. But the fact that Flaherty is showcasing this velocity to me is a mental approach change. And I'm kind of curious to see how it plays out. It is cores, though. Next. I mean, Gorgeous did well, but still. Uh, I, I, it's, I, I guess I'll say this. I was at a situation where I was completely out with Flaherty. I'm still out. But now I'm, I have an understanding of what could be the path forward. Uh, Madison Bumgarner went against the Dodgers, and I don't know why he's really starting anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, it just feels like the Diamondbacks are just using those innings to not let Brandon Falk get them or Dre Jameson and slow them down for the year, I guess. But I feel like it's going to be a month, and at least one of those between Dre Jameson and Brandon Falk will be pitching, if not both. Hunter Green went against the Phillies. 4.2 innings, 2 and runs, 5 hits, 3 walks, and 5 Ks. 14 whiffs, but only 25% CSW. He doesn't get a lot of called strikes, Hunter Green. And, I, I mean, honestly, I don't really feel like he is much different than this. He's the premier cherry bomb. Premium, I should say. Cherry bomb. And this is just one of those days where, alright, he didn't get the same fastball whiffs out of the zone. Right? And he had 3 walks. Okay, fine. Uh, but... He kind of is this, you know, the slider was pretty good down and the, the fastball was for the most part up and this just wasn't the best day, but he's pretty good. <laughs> That's all I got. What amazing analysis of Hunter Green. Zach Eflin went six innings, three runs, nine hits, zero walks in seven Ks against the Athletics. So first very poor quality start of the year. We'll take it though. We get a win and some strikeouts. Um, I kind of want more uh, from from Eflin moving forward, but I think this is fine. Logan Gilbert went four innings, three and runs, six hits, two walks, six Ks. That's not good. Uh, I remember last time I was really encouraged by his secondaries. Yeah, this one, not as much. A lot of hung sliders, splitters, and curves in this. And some of the some of the fastballs were too hittable in the zone. It's just not a good day. I'm just going to move on past Gilbert. He's, you're going to keep starting him and everything. It just wasn't it yesterday. Uh, Kling Kershaw is the Tatiaga, except for today or yesterday. Um, he had some bad fastballs down the middle. They got taken advantage of. Corbin Carroll is a thing. And we move on. Uh, four and runs in six innings, seven hits, two walks, and four Ks. Kershaw is still Kershaw. He's fine. Aaron Savali went against the Guardians. Not the Guardians. He is on the Guardians. Went against the Mariners. 5.2 innings, four and runs, nine hits, one walk, and five strikeouts. He's a Toby, essentially. Uh, against weaker offenses, he's fine. The Mariners are kind of good. I know he did well last week against them. But this one didn't go out, go his way. He he really grinded through this one. 103 pitches to just get removed before the end of the sixth. 65% cutter and curve still, though. So everything is all right. It's still Aaron Savali as you know him. Dean Kramer didn't do well against the Yankees. Five innings of four and run ball and eight base runners. But he does get the athletics in Camden and then goes to D.C. against the Nationals. And I kind of think he's a streamer for that, for both of them. Um, so don't, don't rule out Dean Kramer. I'm not saying those are going to be exceptional starts, but especially in 15 teamers, Dean Kramer could be interesting for both of those. Nick Martinez, 4.2 innings, four and runs, four, it's five walks, four Ks. Ugh, man, this one, this one's an annoying one. Cause I feel like Martinez shouldn't be having five walks. He really shouldn't. He's, this stuff is too good. He's generally someone that can live around the zone pretty effectively. This just didn't quite 
do everything he wanted. I mean, inside of at-bats, he just didn't execute properly. Um, and Atlanta took advantage of this. I think he's... I still am going to believe that there is this amazing Nick Martinez in there. Uh, the next three are Milwaukee, Atlanta, and Chicago. Uh, that is the Cubs. I'm starting him against Milwaukee. I might bench him against Atlanta, and then I'll start him against the Cubs. That's how I feel right now. On the other side was Jared Schuster. Four innings, four and runs, six hits, four walks, four Ks. I just feel so bad for him because clearly his jitters are in the way right now. He's just getting... Uh, he's trying to take in all the MLB stuff, and I feel really bad for him that he made his debut and then had to go to the minors and then came back again, and it feels like just let the kids stay and get comfortable for a couple starts or so and really let him soar because he's much better than this. And uh, it seems like Atlanta's going to keep him around. So he's going against the Reds next. That could be the start that he just gets his confidence and then is a much different pitcher. Do I want to hold on to that? I don't know. Depends on what else is on the wire. I I kind of want to say yes. I know it sounds crazy. But the second that Schuster does actually lock in, uh, he's going to be a very rosterable 12-teamer option because he's pitching for Atlanta. And he has a good slider and a good fastball and a good changeup. It's just he's not in a rhythm with any of it at the moment. We saw it in the spring. We know what he's capable of. Uh, and it's not like he's lost spin or something, you know, it's just not, a. this isn't the guy right now, and he could be very soon. Versus him or Eric Cabrera, I would trust Jared Schuster more, because Eric Cabrera feels like that's kind of who he is right now, while Schuster, clearly, he's just not locked into being a major leaguer yet. Um, so that, that's my quick two cents, but also we don't know how, uh, Jared Schuster is going to stick around, because of how many options Atlanta does have. Um, you know, when Soroka does get uh, fully ready, is it Schuster? Is it Dodd who leaves? When Wright is ready, you know, it's is it Elder? All that kind of stuff. We'll see. But at the moment, it does feel like Schuster's going to get a couple more starts at, at the minimum. Clark Schmidt against the Orioles. 3.1 innings, 4 and runs, 5 hits, 3 walks, 3 Ks. I don't feel like you need to hold on to Clark Schmidt, though. He gets the Guardians next, and I don't really think that the sweeper is doing enough it's not this elite pitch, unfortunately. And without that being an overwhelmingly good pitch, it means that this cutter and sinker need to do more, and they're just not. Jose Arrhenia, obviously not. Rich Hill, obviously not. Ken Waldachuk, that's a frozen banana. Eight earned runs in three innings. We don't want to do that. And Lucas Giolito, seven earned runs in four innings and 12 hits. What? I, I think that Giolito is much better than this against the Pirates. I, it blows my mind. 93.3 on the heater as well. He wasn't living in 91-92 land, right? This is so strange to me. And I feel like this is just a blip that Giolito should be much better. I mean, sure, he didn't have his best command. His fastball was very hittable and the changeup was floating and he get away with those as much. But still, Giolito is not this. You know, you're going to see, oh my gosh, Giolito did this against the Pirates and like I can't trust him anywhere. I think you just keep rolling with Giolito, honestly. And that is that. Looking forward to today's starters and tomorrow's. Today we have Jeffrey Springs, Brady Singer, Kodai Senga at the top. Those are the clear top three to me as they all get good matchups against the Athletics, the, the Giants, and Marlins respectively. Then Nick Lodola, hopefully he can replicate his 22 whiffs from last week against the Phillies, Joe Ryan against the Astros, and Jordan Montgomery against the Brewers. Yeah, I feel like if you have Jordan Montgomery, you're just going to start him against the Brewers, so he's an auto start. In the probable start tier, Mike Clevenger against the Pirates. That's a good situation for him, so... 
he should do all right there. Sean Manai is getting the start against the Royals. I don't know how many pitches he's going to get, though. If he was going to get 90 pitches, he might just be an auto start because he is throwing 94-95. That's legit. And I'm really excited to see that. Uh, Noah Syndergaard gets Arizona. I don't love it. But I feel like Syndergaard does enough, and it's a good situation with uh, the Dodgers. Martin Perez hopefully has a good command against the, the Cubs. Luis Garcia against the Twins, and Charlie Morton against the Padres. All these are probable starts for me. Even Charlie Morton against the Padres. I know he was not good last week. But I feel like it's a case you just got to keep going with Charlie Morton until we have a large enough sample saying maybe yes or definitely no, you know? So we just keep going with Morton in the meantime. In the questionable start tier, Bailey Falter is my stream pick of the day against the Reds. He's hosting them, so it's fortunately not in Cincinnati. And Falter, it's enough, you know. I mean, it's a questionable start, which generally means I don't want to start them if I can decide. But if you have to go with someone here, it's Bailey Falter. Tyler Anderson, there are a lot of Toby types here. There's Tyler Anderson against the Jays. There's Michael Walker against Atlanta. Cal Quantrill against the Mariners. Marco Gonzalez against the Guardians. Joey Wentz even against the Red Sox, but they're all bad matchups. So, they're down here. Uh, Justin Steele. Justin Steele gets the Rangers. The Rangers are really good. But maybe Steele has his best slider and his best four-seamer here. Shintaro Fujinami is a cherry bomb. Oh, boy. He gets the Rays. Ugh. If you need strikeouts, though, I get it. Uh, and then you have Johnny Brito going for the Yankees. It's in Baltimore. But I don't know how many pitches he's going to go. He's not really a big strikeout guy. He's change-up. Change-up slider. Uh, sorry, change-up sinker for the most part. And... I feel like it's not enough to chase in normal situations. I understand a lot of people are probably picking him up for this because it's, hey, it's Camden Yards. Maybe you have a chance at a win. And that's totally uh, valid. I don't know if he's going to go past 80, 85 pitches. So that limits his ceiling innately there. It might just be five innings. And Tanner Houck is here. I feel like I'm doing a roast. Uh, he goes at the Tigers in Detroit. I just don't think that Tanner Houck is doing a whole lot for me to get encouraged there. In the do not start tier, Trevor Rogers is too risky against the Mets. Um, he's he's not the guy you want him to be right now. Uh, Eric Lauer is also a cherry bomb. He goes against the Cardinals, and so is Jose Barrios against the Angels. I don't really need to say much there. Uh, Cole Irvin against the Yankees is just not enticing enough for me. Uh, Zach Davies against the Dodgers, no way. Vince Velasquez, maybe it works against the White Sox, but oh boy, I don't want to do it. And Austin Gomber is going against Trevor Rogers in cores. All those are do not starts. Looking forward to tomorrow. Oh boy, this is this is a thing. So we got like four that are definitively, yeah, you're going to be starting them. Drew Rasmussen against Oakland. Freddie Peralta against the Cardinals. Nestor Cortez against the Orioles. Nice on Sunday. Keep that in mind for your lineups. It's not today. It's tomorrow for Nestor Cortez. And George Kirby, <clears throat> excuse me, against the Guardians. You're starting all of those. Fine. Probable start, John Gray against the Cubs. Makes sense. I might even put that in the auto start. But you know what? John Gray, I don't really think is so amazing. But fine. There he is. Redemers against the Jays. If I have Redemers, I'm just going to do this, even though it's the Jays. And Anthony Escafani, I think, is a fantastic stream against the Royals. He just went 70-plus pitches on Tuesday, and I think he should do well with his slider against the Royals. The questionable start tier is massive, and it's just cruel to do this on a Sunday. But this is, you understand why. Tyler Malley is going against the Astros. I'm really encouraged by Malley, but also it's the Astros. Taiwan Walker, the velocity was better, and it's against Cincinnati, but it's also in Philly. So I don't know how much, how well I like this or how much I like this one. Uh, Taiwan Walker just generally isn't someone that I think is a premier talent. But you know what? I get it. If you need to start, okay, Taiwan Walker. Graham Ashcraft is going in Philly against the Phillies. He did well against the Pirates, but Graham Ashcraft hasn't really put it all together yet. So this is kind of a risky start. 
Jameson Tyone did not have his breaking balls before. Now he gets the Rangers. Chris Bubich is very interesting as he was 93 plus and got whiffs and had a really good changeup and gets the Giants. But it's also Chris Bubich. And we've also seen that one day amazing sauce. And then the next day, it's just nothing. Uh, Carlos Carrasco gets the Marlins. That should be a great start, right? Well, it wasn't last time and is against the Brewers and his fastball velocity fell down to sub 89 during it. And it's terrifying. Uh, to see what we're going to, you know, I have no idea what we're going to get. We could get two great innings and then two terrible ones. Hunter Brown gets the Twins, and we didn't really like what we saw in the first start. I hope he's much better in this one. Michael Kopech against the Pirates. I know it's the Pirates, but Kopech was terrible against the Giants. Seth Lugo, he gets Atlanta. I mean, you guys see what's happening here, right? All the all the starters that I would want to go for are against really, really tough opponents, while the ones that get the good opponents are really, really shifty. <laughs> um, you have Michael Grove against the Diamondbacks. If he gets his four seamers up, things can be good, but the Diamondbacks are kind of good too. Dylan Dodd is interesting, but it's the Padres. Uh, maybe I just should be raising Dodd above Grove, but like, it's all, I'm shrugging so much as I do this podcast. Matthew Boyd gets the Red Sox. James Caprillion, if he can lower, you know, have enough fastball strikes and not have walks, maybe that works against the Rays. And Yusei Kikuchi, I mean, didn't have the whiffs last time. Now he gets the Angels. And Tyler Wells gets the Yankees. It's just all, take your pick, y'all. Whichever one you want, go and do it. The do not start here, though. These are the ones I'm like, guys, this is not the ones you want to do. Zach Plesak, who didn't handle the athletics, gets the Mariners. Carter Crawford couldn't handle the Pirates, and he gets the Tigers. Ryan Nelson is kind of interesting, but it's the Dodgers. And that's just, I feel like there isn't enough of a ceiling there. Yohan Aviedo against the White Sox. There's a chance. Slider's really good if he just doesn't get destroyed by his fastball, either by not throwing enough strikes or just too, too many down the middle. Braxton Garrett against the Mets. Garrett has not looked good for a bit, and the Mets are good. Ryan Feltner's in cores against the Nationals. Chad Cool's in cores against the Rockies. And then there's Jake Woodford, the Amish Mustang, and you never want to start him as he goes against the Brewers. Whew. Good luck tomorrow. Good luck today. Thanks to everybody listening. But that is going to do for today. So my name is Nick Pollock, and may your babbits be low and your strikeouts high.